Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir, with my co-hosts, J-Mac and Jordan, today to go over um, some quarterback rankings. So uh, obviously, some uh, recently I wrote that article over Teddy Bridgewater, and it sparked a little bit of a, not some controversy, but a little bit of a debate uh, in terms of who's been the best Broncos quarterback in the non-Peyton Manning uh, era ever since we won that uh, Super Bowl, our third Super Bowl. So we're going to go over ranking our quarterbacks, but first I want to jump into uh, all the Javante Williams news um, in terms of what we recently heard of him and uh, Patrick Sertan's uh, youth camp and what he had to say to the media in terms of him coming back earlier than expected in training camp. We're going to kind of do a little bit when he will actually be coming back at full capacity um, when when that will potentially be. Um, But first, J-Mac Jordan, how are you guys doing today on uh, uh, this uh, beautiful Tuesday morning? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, I'm catching up on these summer league games and keeping up with all the news in the NFL and stuff like that. But overall, I've been good, man. I'm doing the same, keeping up summer league. Also, MLB, big baseball guy. So we got the All-Star game today. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, shoot, Jamari, Jabari Smith Jr., he is insane. Like, I've been – the little amount of games that I've been keeping up with, he is he is crazy. I mean, it's a summer, summer league, to be fair. Um, and then I didn't watch the home run derby last night, but then obviously for you guys that know, I'm a big Sox fan. I know uh, Luis Robert, he uh, competed in there. I know he didn't win, but um, I also didn't see the highlights either, so I wonder how uh, how well he uh, did in that home run derby. He did good. He did good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so – Let's go ahead and jump into uh, all the the uh, the Javante Williams stuff. So obviously, for those of you guys that don't know, he spoke to the media um, two days ago, or ex- uh, excuse me, yesterday, um, and basically talked about how um, he is expected to return for uh, the start of a uh, training camp. Um, according to James Palmer, um, he'll most likely be limited. But according to James Palmer, he said he worked his ass off during rehab, has really impressed people inside the building. Um, Williams also, this kind of stuck out to me in his little presser. Uh, he said that he will not play scared or timid this season um, coming off that injury simply because he's never been that type of player. Um, my question for you guys, starting with J-Mac, what is the percentage that you think Javante will look like his old self this season? And also, what did you make of this uh, this little press conference and uh, him giving some very positive updates to Broncos country? Um, I mean, I was happy to hear it, of course. You know, um, I still think it's insane how early he's coming back. You know, he blew out yeah. his whole knee. Um but, I mean, I was glad to hear that he's supposed to come back week one. But I don't know if he's going to be exactly just 100% of himself. I feel like, you know, it's it's going to be – a lot of guys going to be gunning for his legs. I mean, I think that's pretty much – you know, that that's – anybody comes back from an injury like that, guys are going to want to test you. Um, but I think it's going to – I think you'll see a lot of, like, splits maybe the first three weeks of the season, kind of breaking back in, like breaking back into the game, especially he's going to be 100% week one. I'll say maybe around, like, week three, week four, they're going to just start giving the bulk load of carries and – He's gonna take off. Yeah, I agree with J Mag. They're gonna slowly get you know get him adjusted, and uh, the last thing you want to do is you know rush him into things and get him hurt again. So like with starting with training camp, he might be you know he might say he feels 100 percent going into it, but they're gonna slowly get him into it, get into the grind of it, making sure he uh, you know he's always in shape and stuff like that. But then as soon as the season comes, like week two, week three, you may see like a an uptick in his carries and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and it, it was really cool to see what he did with uh, Pastor Tan. I mean, arguably two of the best players on both sides of the ball. Um, it was really cool to see them do a camp like that, and the, the little clips and stuff was cool as well um, for the kids. And, you know, a lot of players are doing that on this team. And, um, yeah, obviously to hear that stuff from, from Javante Williams, the press conference, really encouraging. Uh, we've been hearing all this offseason. Like, what do you guys make of, like, the constant positive updates? Like, do you feel like – maybe we're in for a surprise and like maybe this, he really is going to come back and he really is going to, cause I I'm still sticking with what I said earlier this off season. He, I, I really strongly believe he's going to play week one. Um, I think he's going to be limited. I don't think Champagne's going to let him go out there and get t- 20 carries, but um, what do you guys make of the, uh, this news and these updates? Because it feels like um, there's been nothing but constant and positive updates. Um, and it's making some fans feel like maybe the, it's another way of, you know, Sean Payton not letting uh, too many of the bad things get out to the media. Um, it's like, I mean, it's, it's definitely a change. You know, you kind of seen like over the years, we just kind of let all the information spill out to the media. We didn't, you know, yeah. give up, you know, everything was just like, we knew everything. And I feel like now it's kind of more secret. Um, but I'm, like I said, man, I'm just kind of surprised about just the whole way this off seasons went, you know, it's, it's like, I you know, like, it's like me and you said, when we got shopping, it's going to be a culture change. Things are going to be different, but Javante, man, it's still just, it's outrageous. I mean, this guy, Denny like Terrence uh lcl and whatever it is mcl acl and all of that in the same knee i mean it's just when you think about it it's crazy that he's already talking about yeah i'm gonna be back week one and he got hurt midway through the season like it's but like then again though it's nervous like you're nervous because he could running backs are so like their time doesn't last that long in the league so at the end of the day you know you kind of want him just to work his way back instead of just come out there because if he blows out his knee again man it's it's not looking good well, what I liked the most was Javante coming out and saying that he's not going to be scared or timid to go out there and yeah. make cuts on the knee and stuff like that because we have seen players publicly come out after doing <laughs> their ACL with their knee saying, yeah, I was afraid to cut on that knee a bit. I think even Corden Sutton uh, even mentioned it uh, a few a few years back, um, a couple years back, that he was you know scared to even cut on that knee and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it is different that Javante saying that. I mean, the guy's yeah. just a beast at the end of the day. So ridiculous. Uh, I mean, all the news is encouraging. And, uh, I mean, we were all surprised when it first came out when he was doing good in minicamp and <laughs> with the team and running and all that. So, sky's the limit. Yeah, we had uh, Ryan McFadden on the other day, and he he obviously he previously worked with the Baltimore Ravens, and he was talking about how it's crazy that he's coming back this fast because – J.K. Dobbins had essentially like the same knee injury, and it took him like all the way to like the middle of the season to even like ease his way back in. So it's crazy what we're seeing from Javante. But at the same time, another thing that's gone really under the radar is the fact that Jeremy Fowler reported earlier um, or like later last year. Uh, that there was no nerve damage in that knee from Javante Williams, which we got, we absolutely dodged a bullet there because that's a huge, huge like uh, wrench in anybody's recovery in terms of uh, knee injuries. Um, and so for him to avoid that like crucial uh, nerve damage definitely, uh, you know, helps his chances of coming back sooner. But that doesn't, you know, take away the fact that he's coming back literally less than a year um, and he's going to potentially be playing like full capacity sometime early in the season um, if Sean Payne lets him. So um, and that that leads me to my next uh, thing. 
in the press conference, I believe it was like the last question I was asked to him. Um, they asked him basically just straight up, like, when are you coming back? When are you going to be playing football again? And he said, that's up to the Broncos, which I thought that was like the biggest thing in the press conference. Cause he basically just straight up admitted to the media, like I'm ready to go. Like, and he even said those exact words. He said, I'm ready to go. And to me, him saying that's up to the Broncos, that's like a clear end indicator that he is in fact like healthy and ready to, to go. Maybe his knee isn't hundred percent. Obviously it, it isn't cause it's still going to need more time. But I think he's ready to go to at least go limited, you know, day one of camp. And we'll see how things go in the preseason. They'll, they're going to get a few snaps out of him. Obviously, not too much to risk in, you know, aggravating that. But um, I thought that was really cool to hear him say, you know, that's up to the Broncos. He's basically just saying, like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for you guys to throw me in there. Yes. I mean, like I said, man, Sean Payton. Sean Payton's got to be cautious because he is a running back, man. You can't just throw him. I, I know I know they're tempted to like, okay, he's going to get the bulk carries, but it's like you just got to be careful, man, because at the end of the day, not, not everybody's going to be Adrian Peterson and coming back and winning MVP off tearing your ACL <laughs> and all that. Like, it's just I mean, but Sean Payton and all those guys, they'll be, they'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, again – up to the Broncos. I mean, I, I that's a good thing, obviously. Uh, I think it's also an indicator that Champagne's running the show. It's not like a Nathaniel Hackett saying he's day to day. Champagne knows what he's dealing with. So uh, yeah, I, I'm just excited for the season. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. All right, so let's go ahead and jump to uh, the main topic of today's episode. We are going to be ranking six Denver starting Denver Broncos quarterbacks who have played at least or started at least eight games uh, in the tenure since Peyton Manning retired. The big big key there, don't, don't come for our heads. It started at least eight games since Peyton Manning retired, just to throw that out there. Um, so we will be leaving off this list Brandon Allen, um, Brett Rippon, um, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, um, all those guys do not deserve to be uh, on this list. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Hinton, yeah. Yeah, Even though technically on the stat sheet, Philip Lindsay started that game. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy to me. But anyways, (laughs) let's go ahead. And so basically the quarterbacks that we're going to, for those of you guys that want to chip in, let us know what your guys' rankings are in the comments below. Um, And you guys can also comment on Spotify in the replies as well. Um, So we're going to be going uh, with Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon, and Drew Locke ranking those six quarterbacks. Um, So let's go ahead and start with J-Mac from number – let's go from number six and go to number one. So starting from the bottom, um, what what does your list look like? So number six is obviously is going to be the the man himself, Drew Locke. Um, I mean, I feel like everybody just – and Drew Locke was Drew Locke. You know, he had us fooled. He had a good stretch uh, towards the end of his rookie season, had us thinking we had some hope going into the next season. And we all know what happened. I knew after week one, I said, oh, shit, Drew Locke is bad. He's bad. <laughs> like, and I, I, I feel bad because I defended him. Like, I was like, man, you never know, bro, his potential and all of this. And he came out in week one, and I was like, oh, oh, God, it's bad. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go Drew Locke. Don't miss him at all. Now, above Drew Locke, it kind of gets tricky. Um, just I'm going to go by, like, just play. I think Trevor Simeon was good. So I'm, I'm going to say him kind of, like, a little bit higher on the list. I'm going to go Flacco here. He didn't really do too much, and he was kind of, like, he was very arrogant while he was here. It was like, yeah, man, it's, it's not that hard to get across the 50-yard line. Like, it's not that hard. Well, if it's not that hard, Flacco, do it. Like, what? And he was just being, like, a really big jerk to Drew Locke, if I yeah. remember correctly. Like, he wouldn't mentor him or anything. Yeah, it's just um, it's very like Joe Flacco. His time here was strange. I remember we traded for him, didn't like the trade. Another one of John Elway's just L's as the general manager trading for Joe Flacco, and 
he was going to be the starter. I just didn't like it. The, the time just wasn't – it wasn't good, man. Flacco just – nothing really stood out at all. Um, next, I'm going to go – next, I'm, I'm going to put Simeon here. I think when – like, when he came here, the everybody was kind of shocked. Like, oh, they drafted him in the sixth round. Like, who is this guy? They're not going to start Paxton Lynch. And and he actually came out and played, like, pretty – he came out and played pretty well, like, his first couple games. Then he got hurt. And then the rest is history. He wasn't the same. And But, I mean, he wasn't – he gave us some hope after the Super Bowl year. Like, we were still good. We were winning for a majority of that season. I think we finished that year 9-7, and seven, I, I think. If, I don't know if I'm right or was it 8-8, eight and eight, something like that. Oh, the 26th season? Yeah, it's 9-7. Yeah. Seven. yeah. Um, next on my list, I, I put Case Keenum. Now, I ain't going to lie. I was shocked when we gave him all the money that we gave him based off the one season he had with, with Minnesota. Um, it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, Case Keenum, he, really, he didn't really do too much, but he wasn't that bad. Um. <laughs> And then next is gonna be Teddy. I think Ted now, like Teddy, Teddy was good. I just don't like how Teddy always put his body in positions, man. Like he always just put his body in positions to get hurt. I feel like we had a shot of making the playoffs, and then he decided to go scorch earth against Cincinnati and run into the whole linebacker unit and ended up getting a concussion and severely injuring his neck. Um, but yeah, I mean, but Teddy was Teddy was mediocre. He, he was pretty solid, like he was okay. And then one is Russ. Obviously, just what we saw last year wasn't the best, but I still I still think Russ was Russ is going to be better than any of the quarterbacks I just said about Mile. I think you can compare him and Teddy's season. A lot of people are going to probably say Teddy had a better season, but I I still think Russ just I feel like you put Teddy in that offense last year. Broncos might, might not even win a game. So, um, yeah, I got Russ at number one, man, pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised where you had Trevor Simeon at. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, lie. me too. What like right. like? What do you mean? Like as high as I did? No, as no, low. as low as you I, did. I think you got low. I think you got low. So uh, speaking of Jordan, what you got on your list from uh, six to one? All right, number six. Uh, I got uh, the fifty-yard line man himself, Joe Flacco. I think uh, <laughs> he's been the uh, worst one of them all. Uh, just again, uh, Jay Mac already said he was just you know ignorant type of quarterback. Just didn't like his time here at all. Oh my God! Uh, the fifth quarterback. Uh, it was uh, it was tough actually, uh, depending on uh, how you mm. view these quarterbacks. We've had a lot of I don't want to say bad. I want to be you know disrespectful, but a lot of bad quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I put Drew Lock. I, I put Drew Lock at five. Um, oh man! I actually to start this list, I had Drew Lock a little bit more higher, but at the end, I kind of had my five. I had to put in my five. Uh, number four. I got Teddy B. This was a little, mm. little thinking mm. I had to do. Uh, mm. I just, I just remember being so frustrated when he was here. And <laughs> he's a he's a South Florida boy like myself, so I really wanted to put him like number two, like right behind my number one guy. But I, I just couldn't. I just remember. I mean, the, the injuries that he had. I mean, the season was looking promising at first, and then there's just some plays that could have gone. But I mean, it is what it is. Number three, I got Case Keenum. I just thought he was like a just a solid, you know, quarterback for us. He would, really didn't do too much, didn't do too less. So he's kind of just a middle of the pack type of guy. Number two is where I have Trevor Simeon. Uh, I think before Russ, that's a before Russ was here, he was kind of our best quarterback since Peyton, which yeah. uh, does a lot. Uh, I mean, he did win when he was here, so I, I can give him credit for that. And statistically wise, he wasn't the best, but he had better numbers than uh, you know Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and all those guys. In case Keenum, yeah. 
And then uh, number one, obviously, got to go with Russ. Obviously, didn't have a good year, but I think what he showed last year, he still had his flashes, and his flashes last year were better than any of those guys' flashes. So I got Russ on, on number one. Man, we got some different lists for sure. I want to hear you uh, in the comments what you, who, whose list you guys think is the best. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, mine. Starting at six, um, we have the greatest number three of all time, Drew Locke. Scott, yeah. <laughs> Uh, n- n- Drew Locke, man, he was just like I. If you guys have been watching this and listening to this podcast ever since we started last year, I'm yeah. I seriously had like one of the be- like the biggest turnarounds in like fan history. I went from like absolutely fanboying, screaming in my pillow when we drafted Drew Locke to absolutely screaming against uh, Drew Locke fans uh, till this day because I wrote that Teddy Bridgewater article, and of course all the the Drew Locke truthers came after me for um, even defending Teddy in, in any capacity. Um, but yeah, Drew Locke, absolutely terrible. Um, I, I, I'm not going to hold back at all. He just was not good during his tenure. He was not really ever meant to be a starting quarterback. Um, wishing him the, I want to say I'm wishing the best, him the best in Seattle. Um, only because he chose number two instead of number three, uh, respecting our QB one besides that man, seriously. Um, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of any of this, uh, the Seahawks organization over there. Um, I don't think they have class at all, but, um, that's that's where I have to start with my number six. Number five, I gotta go with uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, you guys said it the best. He was just like really, really bad. Um, he started the minimum eight games we have for our uh, requirement on this list, so we just had to throw him on there. But he was two and six, uh, six touchdowns, five interceptions during that stretch. Just really, really bad, man. And honestly, a lot of these quarterbacks on this roster, like you can blame injuries and stuff if you really wanted. Joe Flacco, you really can't blame much any much anything else other than him, in my opinion. Like he was just like really bad i really think he was holding us back from winning games um so yeah joe joe flacco definitely got to put him at five he's right there with drew lock and just being not a good quarterback um and i also saw this when i was looking at his statistics in the last four seasons joe flacco's went three and 14 as a started starting quarterback so um it's not a yeah a, a record's not a, a quarterback stat but that does fall like a lot on him so just that take that with how you will. Um, next, I gotta go with uh, Case Keenum at number four. Um, 2018 with the Broncos went six and 10, 18 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I was gonna put a different quarterback here, but I knew some people would uh, get on to me for this. It really could go either way, but I'm putting Case Keenum here. Um, like I said, this this is another one where you guys, you know, already hit on it. Um, Case Keenum was one of those guys where, like, he was obviously bad, but he wasn't just, like, bad, bad. Like, there was a gap between him and Joe Flacco, in my opinion. Um, but coming off that 11-3 and season, um, after I heard John Elway pronounce his name Case Keesum in the, in the press conference, I knew it was over. Uh, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew it was over after that. Um, Case Keenum, man. Uh, who did he go to this season, this offseason? You know, he went to a different team uh, from the Bills. I can't remember who it was, but uh, good, luck, good luck to you, man. Oh, he was, uh, he was at least he a nice guy. He went back to the Texans. He went back to the Texans. Oh, yeah. He went back to the Texans. Yeah, that's interesting considering how they treated him over there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's going, he's going back to his, uh, his, his first team. So we'll see how it goes for him. Um, wishing, wishing him luck over there with CJ Stroud. Um, so next, I got Russell Wilson. So we all had Russell Wilson in a different spot. I had Russell Wilson at number three, um, 2022. Uh, he had a 4-11 record, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Guys, I'm not going to lie. Russell Wilson, he has potential, but we're basing this list off of how he did last season, and he was not good. 
He was not good. So you guys pull up the film. He was not good. Um, it's, it's pretty obvious. He was missing plenty of throws last year. Um, I mean, you, it really doesn't get much, uh, much like he literally, you can make an argument for him being at like that fourth or fifth spot, honestly. Um, yeah. There you go. They're going to spicy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Look, guys, I think Russell Wilson's going to turn around, but he, he was, <laughs> he was horrible last year. He was horrible. Um, I think he'll definitely turn around next year. Like we 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 had our star predictions and everything, but I'm putting Russell Wilson at number three. Number two, I'm putting uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, went eight and six. Obviously, like I said, that's a team stat, not a quarterback stat. Um, he did uh, have 18 touchdowns, uh, 10 interceptions in 14 games. Um, look, this one's another one where it really could go. Uh, it really could go either way. Um, Russell Wilson did start less games or did, excuse me, did start uh, two more games than Trevor Simeon did. Um, and Trevor Simeon did have a better roster. So there's an argument to be made here, but I don't think Trevor Simeon looked as bad as Russell Wilson. I'm not going to lie. He, he literally almost made the pro bowl that season. So um, that says enough. Um, but then again, you know, the pro bowl voting is really skewed, especially as of late, but um, number one, I will stand by this till the end of time. Teddy Bridgewater is better than any quarterback on this list in terms of what he did in the season that he played with the Broncos. He gets way much hate. You guys can read my article over Emily Orange. Uh, one of my most recent articles I posted a few days ago released. Um, he went 7-7 to seven at 2021 season, 18 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, did not turn the ball over anywhere near as much as any of these quarterbacks on this list. And that's honestly why I put Trevor Simeon at number two rather than number three um the just to me like quarterbacks that turn the ball over instantly downgrade them and uh downgrade that sounds like a terrible word to, to use but i instantly put them lower in the list um just because you know turning the ball over and at the quarterback position is extremely crucial um to the game uh, i said that in my article um teddy bridgewater man pat Shermer threw a massive wrench in his his time and so did nathaniel Hackett and russ russ's time um but I feel like, honestly, Teddy Bridgewater, he had a better third down percentage, averaged more points, um, just moved the ball way better than Russell Wilson did. But then again, like these things are so hard to write because it's really just like an offense as a whole. But honestly, I feel like Teddy Bridgewater in 2021, I, I could say he was confidently much, much better than Russell Wilson was last season. Um, he, I mean, he, uh, he won more games and like a lot less games started as well. Um, and he could, uh, he could also score touchdowns, uh, in the red zone on like, uh, Russell Wilson could. So, um, and that, that's just, that's honestly where my list is at. I want to know what you, what you, uh, guys listening to the show think about that. This, uh, this will definitely get a lot of hate in terms of where we put Russell Wilson, Ooh. where we put, um, I, I know some people, uh, um, are some, uh, Trevor, Trevor Simeon truthers. So they'll be mad at J Mac for that. We're going to get a, a lot of heat for all of our, our, uh, spots. Honestly, I think the, the, the safest list so far was uh Jordan. I think you'll probably get the least uh, heat for that. Maybe, uh, not as many people will tell you to take a hike in the, the Rocky mountains. Yeah. I mean, but I, J Mike, can you please go after Amir for putting Russ at three? I mean, I, I see you frustrated. I, Just, I, I, I was about Amir, Amir. Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay. Look, it's nothing wrong. Like I see why you put Teddy. And like you know, where you put Teddy, Teddy was efficient. Teddy was, you know, he didn't turn the ball over here and there. But you know who Teddy's problem was and why everybody didn't like Teddy? Teddy was so conservative, like it cost us games. Yeah, I know. Too, he was too conservative. Teddy would instead of making instead of going for the first down, 
Teddy would check it on third and seven. T Teddy would check it down to a running back with a defender right behind him instead of going and attempt to make the throw over past the line. I mean, Teddy just wasn't like he he put up good numbers, but like his numbers were also very misleading. Like he was very like inconsistent. He had some bad games. He didn't show up in big games at all. Like it was just Teddy was any primetime game we had a big game that we had. Teddy just. He didn't play that good. Now, I'm not saying I mean, Russ had a great year. I was going to say, did Russ show up in primetime games? Well, and did he get the ball ever, like, past the 50-yard line? But then again, though, like, we said it multiple times. That's not – it's different. Like, it's not all on Russ. I'm not saying, like, the office, the play call has never been that great. But I feel like Russ was, was literally at an all-time low. Plus, you got to factor in all the injuries he had to the offense. The offensive line was, was decimated and completely, utterly trash. And, like, it's just – 2021 I mean, I, though look at the injuries and look at pat Shermer. yeah he, but, it was not an advantage talking, either yeah but man we're talking about hackett hackett got fired midway through the season Shermer didn't get fired midway through the season. hackett was fired out on uh the day after christmas that's how you yeah, know but, it was, his time was up man i mean and, just, and he did show out after hackett got fired yeah, with yeah. uh with a rookie play card but yeah i mean he played really good i mean he gave us the best shot to beat the chiefs in a while so i mean that's true i mean now, I wouldn't be mad. If you put Trevor Simeon one, I wouldn't be mad because I could see that. He played really well in his time. Like, you know, he didn't really – he like, he was aggressive, and he but he didn't make too many mistakes to where it cost us a lot of games. But, I mean, man, Teddy at one is just – I don't know, man. I I, I can't – I couldn't have put Teddy at one. Yeah, I, I could. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I've been on a – like, Amir, like you said, I, I've – I'm fortunate to watch the All-22 of Russ – uh, last year, you know, after every game, going back as a uh, my dog would say, got the doggo, doggo. Hey, what's yeah. up, buddy? She, she knows <laughs> that I was watching Russ's All Twenty Two after every week, and I would get frustrated with all the missed throws that he had. But the reason why I have him over Teddy is what J Mac said at the end was his time after Hackett. He showed that it wasn't mostly on him. And uh, listen, I again, Teddy B's a South Florida boy like myself. I like him. I would want to put him higher on my list, but I mean, at the end of the day, I just think Russ is. I mean, like better. I feel like I, I could have put Simeon three, but I put Keenan three. Um, but I mean, Teddy. I mean, Teddy just wasn't like I, I don't know how to put it. Like Teddy, he was just too conservative. Like, and he didn't show like he didn't fulfill any promise. Like he was just hurt. Then he like, like Teddy had a chance to maybe get us in the playoffs. And then he did that. I don't want to yeah, say he, he really got, he really got us into that playoff contention too, though. He doesn't yeah. get enough credit for that. And we're basing this list off of like how the quarterback was that season. Not just like if we're basing this list off of like how the, how great we think these quarterbacks are, like in terms of their, their like skills and everything. Oh, yeah. Man. I'm putting Russell Wilson one easily. And I'm putting Teddy Bridgewater a lot lower, but I, it's just to me like, and I, I know a lot of people agree with me too on it. I just feel like Russell Wilson, you can't really put everything on Hackett. Also, and like, I also, he did pick up, he was starting to pick up things towards the end of the season. And that did help even with Hackett being fired as well. But um, I feel like if Hackett would have gotten fired, like after four, be Russell Wilson will not have been as good as he was like in that Chargers game at the last, uh, the last game of the season. If that makes sense. I mean, Teddy, Teddy had a lot of us like, like I don't, I'm not gonna say Teddy had though. I mean, we we won some games. I, I'm not gonna. I mean, that's the main thing. You won some games, but it was some games I felt like we should have won. And Teddy just it, like it was kind of Teddy's fault. Like 
the Browns game on what was it like? I think it was Monday or Thursday night when the Browns literally had all their backups in. They yeah. were out there, wide receiver one and two, quarterback, running back, most of their offensive line. And that game was we scored, awful. We scored 14 points and we lost. I mean, that's and Teddy, Teddy didn't play that well. I mean, he he had like 185 yards passing against like a team with none of their stuff. I mean, it was just I mean, I don't know, man. You like, can say the same thing for us, though. There's but, multiple games like that this season. Yeah, and this like, Russ Teddy had, won us games and lost games. Russ won us games and lost games. Well, he didn't win as many games. That's true. That's true. That's, that's true. I'm not gonna argue that. Just man, I feel like it's Hackett was, bro. Hackett had Hackett was terrible, man. He was terrible. Hackett was a lot, 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 lot and, worse and, than Shermer. And like, by the way, Shermer uh, is back in Colorado. For those, those like, of you listening and, that don't know, when, when 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 Hackett left, oh yeah, I saw that. That I don't know what Deion's thinking, but anyway, uh, when um. Like I think when Hackett left, man, Russ actually, man, Russ played better. He had us in almost every game, every week. I mean, he played, he he played like Russ again. Like he was getting his confidence back. He got it clicking. You saw him getting getting it going with his feet. I mean, I feel like that has to matter. Like the games we saw when Hackett just wasn't there, being a complete idiot. Yeah, when I made this list, I based it off how the the, the quarterback played all season. I'm not going to just base it off a stretch because, like, if we're just doing a stretch, we could have said 20, 2019 Drew Locke should be number one because he went uh, seven touchdowns, three interceptions, four and one. Like, we got to base it off their whole tenure. That was a very deceiving era. Broncos country. I hate Locke for uh, triggering us. Oh yeah, God. I'm familiar with their game now. I'm familiar with the game. <laughs> I saw it in person too, man. Like that's that's the thing that kind of pissed me off even worse because I I saw him in person when they played the Texans and they blew him out and I was a firm believer. I mean, man, Drew, he, he's I think he could be really good, man. Like, no, this was terrible. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback with just more like lack of common sense and IQ. Like it wasn't even a fact that he just it was it wasn't a fact of like his talent. He was just stupid. I mean, that's that's what he was like, just throwing in double coverage. Just panicking. Like anytime any pressure got him, he just panicked and just threw the ball in double coverage, triple coverage. It didn't matter. Like his his live on YouTube, they have his like like worst plays or some like interception uh highlights. Oh my god. It was just one yeah, throw with, with the Tim Patrick. With the clown the music over it. Yes, this is one play he threw with the Tim Patrick, and it was like you could see the corner. It was a dude behind Tim Patrick oh, yeah, in yeah. front of him, and like Tim Patrick is like jogging, like, oh yeah, I'm covered. And Drew just threw it straight to That's, him, pick. Like, I was surprised on, you put I was surprised you put uh um what's his face? Uh Flock Flacco below him, uh Jordan. I was really surprised by that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd rather have Locke and Flacco. That, I would too though. To. I mean, as That's bad a, as Locke I was, guess I can see that, yeah. As bad as Locke was, Locke is gonna give us a I mean Flacco just at that point in time, he would just he didn't really do too much. Like, it was just games I was like, bro, like, why did we trade for Joe Flacco? Like, what possessed John Elway to be like, yeah, Flacco's going to be the guy to get us back there? Like, no. He's such a he's such a weird quarterback because, like, he'll have games we saw in New York where he'll just, like, bo- throw bombs for no reason. And then, like, the next play, he's just throwing, like, the worst throws you've ever seen. Like, he makes Drew Locke look like Tom Brady. Like, I, I don't know what it is, man. Yeah, He's such a really weird quarterback. That's what it came down for me is what I rather have Locke or Flacco and – all right, I think I, at least I know what I'm getting with Drew. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, at least, at least you know what you're gonna get from Locke. At least you, but the thing about Locke, like they even said, like they tried to dumb me down the playbook for Locke, and he still was just terrible. So, like, I mean, at least you know what you're gonna get. At, at least you know, like, okay, we gotta make this as uh middle school as possible for Drew Locke. So, hey, I would like to know 
it has like did Joe Flacco when he was in Denver? Did he ever get like a four touchdown zero zero interception game? No. Like against Carolina. I don't even think he had three. Okay, so case proven. I mean, I rather Flacco have was Flacco was so bad. Like Flacco was bad, and then he like he thought like that he was better than everybody. I, I never. Yeah, I mean, yo, man, look, it's not hard to get past video line. It's not, bro. Come on, bro. You acting like you're not the cool. You acting like you're a backup or something, bro. You, you, you're playing every down. Somebody's it's not that hard to get past the 50. Flacco just, he's so cool. Yeah, he was easily, like, the biggest, like, jerk on this list in terms of, like, his attitude. And, like, he was never a team player, in my opinion, in Denver. Like, he never was. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like, once he gets to New York, and um, I don't know, I believe he's a free agent now. But once he gets yeah. to New York, he's, like, he's all a team player, and he's all for, like, backing up uh, Zach Wilson in his time there. And he just, like, all of a sudden a lot more chill and stuff. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I mean, and I remember I'm whenever he uh, – sorry to interrupt you, but I remember when he got uh, he got injured – there's a lot of controversy over was the Broncos staff just straight up just like telling him to you know go back go back to the couch at home we're gonna go ahead and let Drew Locke run the rest of the season. There's a lot of debate over that if he was like actually injured or not. Obviously he was injured, but like a lot of people said the severity wasn't as like bad as like the coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember it wasn't like something crazy and they, we put him on IR and benched him for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was it was his either, neck. It was like his neck or collarbone, something like that. Yeah, either way, we weren't gonna win too much that year. That that year was over by like week six. Yeah, that was terrible. See, man, this this episode has probably brought back a lot of worst memories that a lot of fans know about. God. Yep. But yeah, I enjoyed the debate today. Really good episode uh, from the list um, from the post Peyton Manning era. Obviously not a great era, but I can guarantee you things are headed in a better direction with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson um, taking the, the, the steering wheel. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. Uh, J-Mac has one last thing before we go ahead and wrap up. Um, I thought we were going to do uh, Rank Javante. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so we're ranking Javante. So, uh, I completely forgot about that. We we're talking about the Javante Williams stuff. Um, so where do you guys rank uh, Javante Williams among running backs in the AFC West and the NFL? I, for me, it, it, it's very tough, though. Like, honestly, like, uh, miss a lot of good running backs in the league. I would say right now, I think he's like between like top. 15, 15 to like eight in that range. I say like 15 to eight. Anywhere you put him there is like it's it's fine. But I would say I don't think he's top 10 just yet, though. I, I think after this year with the bulk of carries he should get, I think he will be. Um, but I don't think right now that he is. I, I I mean, you could put him over Tony Pollard. You could put him over a lot of these guys. But I mean, just realistically speaking, I don't think he's top 10 just yet. Hold on, Amir. Edit this part. And I, I got to take this dog out. I got you. <laughs> yeah, we'll wrap up this part really fast. Yeah. Uh, having Cuban grandparents just open up your door, letting the dog yeah. in for no apparent reason. <laughs> uh, so, uh, ranking Javante, right? NFL yeah. and AQS? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Javante in the NFL, if I got to rank him, uh, I would say he's top 10. I'll, I'll just say, quite frankly, like that. I think he's top 10. I know he's coming off the injury, but when uh, he's fully healthy, we already know what he can do. And uh, I think he's going to come back even stronger. I say he's top 10 easily. Uh, I know he can creep in into the top five conversation, especially with Sean Payton. But for right now, I'll keep it safe. Top 10. Uh, yeah, am I seeing through orange lens glasses? Maybe. But I do 
believe that Javante is a top 10 running back. In terms of AFC West, this is a uh, pretty – I mean, it's pretty hard. I mean, we got yeah, is. Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and the Chiefs have a mixture of – Pacheco. Of Pacheco. I mean, they even had yeah, Pacheco was good. backfield at one point. Yeah. I mean – Damn, that, when you think about it, it is pretty tough because uh, Eckler is for sure a top 10 running back. Josh Jacobs is a top 10 running back, if we're being honest. I mean, that, he's oh, a yeah. Uh, so I would put Javante, I mean, I would, for injury's sake and just coming back from an ACL, I'll put him at three. I'll have Eckler one, Josh Jacobs two, and then Javante three. But it's not really like a one, two, three. It's like a one, two, three. It's like that close of a gap. So. I think it's um, – I, I would kind of go the opposite, like, because um, I've I got to do my AFC West. I mean, I think Jacobs is like – I think Jacobs is probably top five, so I think that's like him and Eckler. Okay. Eckler's definitely up there, maybe top seven, possibly. People might have him in his top five. I think it's hard. I feel like the gap between them is it, – it's a gap between those two and Javante. Like, yeah. And that's no disrespect to Javante. Javante's a dog, but those two are just ridiculous, like. So I would probably say Jacobs one, Eckler two, Javante three, and whatever Chiefs running back I think is four. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you guys. Where you guys put uh, Javante, I put him at uh, number three. I put Jacobs at one. Um, I think Jacobs is his top five back in the league easily. Um, Eckler though, I'm gonna put him at two, but I think he's over. I feel like people say he's an incredible running, uh, incredible rushing running back. I think he, the his receiving ability. Definitely puts him in the top 10. I don't think he's like nearing the top five just because I think he's an overrated rushing running back, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't think he's as good as Javante in that aspect, but I do have to put Javante at three just because we haven't seen enough yet. He hasn't had his breakout yet, and this season's going to be kind of like a, a coming back season. Um, so he's just going to be like trying to get back to his old self. That's what the season's going to be used for. Um, so in terms of that, I have him at number three in the AFC West, and then I couldn't agree more with J-Mac. I'm putting him in that like 8 to 12 range in terms of his uh, ranking in the NFL. Um, I can't put him uh, over the top eight just because, like I said, he hasn't, he hasn't broken out yet. So um, that's where I have to put uh, – Easily my favorite running back in the entire NFL at my favorite Bronco in the NFL at. So I, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, make sure you guys, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a five-star rating, hit the follow button. Make sure you guys turn on notifications wherever you guys get the Broncos Avenue podcast. So you never miss an episode. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan. Till the next episode, peace.